Hello, everyone. I'm Dr. Laura. And I'm Dr. Elena. And you are listening to your friendly neighborhood pediatricians, a podcast where we discuss all things pediatrics and parenting, because as moms and pediatricians, we know that raising children can be hard, hilarious, and everything in between. So let's get started. Hey. Hey, can you hear me? Yeah, I can. Awesome. All right. We were homesick with, well, my kids were homesick the past two weeks. So Robbie started first and then um, gave it to, you know, his little sister. So we were homesick with two kiddos the past two weeks and it was rough. I think it was RSV that we had in our house and we are finally recovered, but I'm just waiting for the next virus to come home from preschool. (laughs) I know. No, it's been rough. I mean, I think like, RSV is another thing we should talk about at some point yeah. because it's insane how much we're seeing. And mm-hmm. I don't know if it's just because everyone's so used to testing now. So everyone's getting also tested for RSV. Well, I mean, you and I have both seen, I've only been back to work from maternity leave for two weeks. And oh the gosh. amount of sick visits we've seen is, <laughs> you know, with the surge of all the the respiratory viruses. I mean, we're seeing flu A, we're seeing RSV, we're seeing what's probably like rhinovirus and enterovirus. I figured we could talk about, you know, how we can help our kids' symptoms, what to expect in terms of duration, because I think that's one thing that we're getting a lot of questions about and that as parents, we're out of practice in terms of duration of viral illnesses, when we should worry, and then, you know, maybe some things we can do to try to help our kids stay healthy the best we can. Although I realize it's hard when you have it a preschooler that just, you know, licks all the surfaces. And that's what I tell patients, <laughs> you know, the ones that come in because their kids are, it seems like sick all the time. And I tell mm-hmm. them, yeah, well, you know, typically infections last somewhere between one and two weeks. Mm-hmm. Toddlers put their hands in their mouth, their toys in their mouth, their hands in their friend's mouths these things are going to circulate. And so part of, I think, getting through this winter, which is going to be pretty bad from what we're seeing in the Southern Hemisphere, there's going to be a lot of flu, a lot of COVID, a lot Mm -hmm. of other typical winter viral things that we just haven't been really seeing in the last couple of years because of Mm -hmm. all the precautions, Mm -hmm. is that you just have to kind of roll with it. Yeah. Right. I think, I think, like you said, like we're just out of practice, like things yep. that we used to typically see our kids were so healthy for two years because they were out of school for a year. Then they were in school with masks. Now they're kind of back to, you know, school with no masks the way life was before. And our kids were healthy for two years and now they're getting all those viruses that we typically see. And it's just hard because we're right. out of practice. Right. And everyone I think is so worried that this means that there's something wrong with their kiddo. And Mm -hmm. I, you know, I'm constantly reminding everyone, including my family and my husband, that like, this is just the way life was pre pandemic. And, you know, there was for so long, so much fixation on diagnosing COVID and keeping people safe, that we sort of forgot that like prior to COVID, Kids were rolling into school all the time with snotty nose and coughs. Everyone yeah. was sick all the time. Flow, yeah. flu was everywhere. Yeah. And that we just kind of dealt with it. But I think now everyone's very hypo aware of yeah. everything. And and also, like, you know, it was normal for kids to get like eight to 12, eight to 10, eight to 12 viruses a year. And yep. they're usually all kind of smooshed into that fall winter season with a couple yep. summer viruses. Each one, like you said, can last, you know, two weeks or so. And so it just seems like they're always sick. But 
with all of the snotty noses and cough and congestion and all that, I think one of the first things we could talk about is like, what can we do to help our kids? What can we do to help their symptoms? And I think one of the first things we should talk about where I'm seeing the most concern is fever Mm. and then cough. So I think there tends to be a lot of fear around fever Mm -hmm. and understandably so, right? When your kid has a fever, they look like a wet noodle. Yep. Um, And, you know, you go upstairs to put the laundry away and you come downstairs and all of a sudden your four-year-old who's usually rambunctious is just like sound asleep in the middle of the floor with, you know, their eyes having that glazed over look and and lo and behold, they have a fever. Right. (laughs) And I understand when you first see that fever, you know, you feel that moment of like panic or concern, but reminding parents that fever is okay. Fever is actually our body, our immune system's natural response to fighting whatever, you know, virus or bug it is they're fighting. Because when we raise our body's temperature, it makes it harder for those viruses to live in our body. So it's a good thing. And I think parents worry about, whoa, they're 102, 103, 104. Isn't isn't that going to harm them? Isn't that going to, you know, cause damage to their body, to their brain? Mm -hmm. And the answer is no. I know it can be, you know, alarming to see those high numbers. I've had my own child at home, temps of 104, 105. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's it's not going to cause brain damage. And I think you probably get this question often. What number do I need to go to the ER? I get that all the time, all the time. And, you know, just to remind everyone out there listening, right, our bodies typically have an internal temperature of around 98.6 degrees um, Fahrenheit, which is 37 degrees centigrade. That is typically where our bodies live. Now, that ranges from, you know, 96, 97 up to 99 as a normal range and one of the Mm -hmm. things I typically hear a lot of is well my kid sits at 97 so 99 must be a fever Mm -hmm. and I'm constantly reminding everyone that you know while that may be elevated for your child it's still not considered a fever right a fever Mm -hmm. is above 100.4 degrees Mm -hmm. or 38 centigrade um, internal so rectal and oral and ear temperature Mm -hmm. the forehead temperatures can be a bit off So you have to kind of take those with a little bit of a grain of salt. But I do get asked a lot, like, when should I worry? And I tell my patients, just like you said, the number itself doesn't matter as Mm -hmm. much as how your kiddo looks. Exactly. So if your child is sitting at 100, which is technically not a fever, but looks very, very uncomfortable, that child should have, you know, medication to make them feel better. If your Mm -hmm. kid is sitting at 104 and running around and eating and drinking, then I'm less concerned because our bodies are doing what they're doing to fight infection. The temperature will come down on its own mm-hmm. without medication. And like you said before, like these numbers are not going to cause brain damage. Mm-hmm. Um, there are just some uh, viruses, especially some of these winter viruses like flu, who just cause high fever, right? Yeah. You're going to sit at... Flu's notorious for the 104s, the 104 fevers. Yep. I mean, I typically, if I get the history of 103, 104, you're going to get a flu test. And Mm -hmm. I'll probably tell you that even if it's negative, it's most likely the flu because that's just common for that particular virus. And a lot of the winter viruses that are flu-like also cause high fever. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think, you know, when we think about fever, there's so much um, fear about the number. And I try just to emphasize with everyone that it's more how your kid looks. Mm -hmm. That is what's important, right? Keeping them hydrated, keeping them comfortable. Um, 
you know, fevers will go away without medication in a few hours and they'll come back because, again, that is what our body is designed to do to fight these infections. So definitely, um, you know, those are things for my patients. What are your favorite sort of tips and tricks to keeping kids comfortable when they have fever? Well, just like you said, I always say, like, if if they have a fever, if they're 101, but they look great, it's okay to let the fever go. You know, let it run. That's their immune system kicking in. If they're uncomfortable, Tylenol or Motrin, if your child's older than six months old, is totally okay to help bring that fever down and, and get them to be more comfortable. And like you said, it pushing fluids when they have a fever is super important. One thing I tell parents I think a lot of parents get concerned because they give the Tylenol or they give the Motrin and then, you know, six hours later, the fever's back. And so reminding parents that the medicine's not curing the fever, mm-hmm. it's just kind of masking it and keeping them comfortable mm-hmm. while their immune system, their body works to fight this virus. Right. And the, and the other thing is the, the daily fluctuations in temperature as well mm-hmm. as how long we may expect them to have a fever Because what we see many times is kids look great all day and they have a normal temperature all day and then their fever comes back at night or in the Uh evening. And parents are like, man, I thought, you know, I was concerned because they were better all day and then their fever spiked again at night. And that's Uh also a normal pattern we see in kids. A typical pattern we may see with viral infections with fever that's also, you know, normal and okay is they may have fevers, those, you know, 102, 103s, 104s for three, four, sometimes even five days with, mm-hmm. with viral infections. And that's all still okay. Cause that's right. all within the realm of normal of viral right. infections. Right. Um, Typically when kids, you know, when we see kids in the office for fever, that's one of the big things I tell them is that fever can last as long as it's needed for your body to fight this infection. And typically mm-hmm. it's somewhere between three to five days. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we want to see by that fifth day is either the fever is totally gone, ideally, or it's getting less often or less high. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a lot of times we'll see parents bring their kids back on day five or six and they're like, they're still running a fever. But when you tease out what's happening, their kid is now sitting at 100, 101 twice a day when they were 104 all day three four days ago yeah that's that's good that's a sign that your body is doing what it's supposed to which was keep the temperatures high to fight infection and slowly start not using fever as like a mechanism to fight infection as the kiddo gets better yeah absolutely um one thing that i always remind parents too when they have fever you know talking about things that you can do is you want to keep your kid cool So Mm -hmm. a lot of, you know, parents will talk about like, you know, putting their kid in lots of blankets because they're shivering or um, on the flip side, doing like an ice bath to keep the temperature down. And Mm -hmm. those are things that we don't recommend anymore, right? You want to keep your kid, you know, lightly dressed, maybe a, a, a thin blanket, but you don't want to overheat or... Um, cause their bodies to have to work harder to keep up their temperature either. So just reminding that, and especially if, you know, you come from cultures where, you know, ice baths, alcohol baths, sweating out fevers is like a big part of your home remedies. I was just like to remind parents that that's, that's not ideal. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah. Because if you're going to do an ice bath, it, you know, what it's really going to cause is the kid to shiver and probably mm-hmm. even increase their temperature. So it's right. kind of counterproductive counterproductive right. than what we would think. Right, right. 
Um, so, you know, and then at the end of these visits, I always like to just talk to parents about when, when should you worry? So when mm-hmm. should you worry if your kid um, has a fever? So again, the fever itself isn't, isn't the point. It's more how your kid looks and feels. So if your kid is really drowsy, really fussy, really ill appearing, you know, I would call your doctor if, you know, anything is persisting, like lots of pain or vomiting or strange rashes, you may want to call your doctor. If they're dehydrated, if they're um, under the age of three months Mm -hmm. or have an underlying immune problem, definitely call your doctor for any fever. Mm -hmm. Um, If, you know, fever lasts longer than that five to six days that we talked about, Mm -hmm. I would call your doctor. And if your child is under the age of two, you may want to call your doctor a little bit before that. Like I typically say under two, you know, couple days of fevers when I would want to see them. But for the big kids, you can kind of let it go for a little bit. Those are great. I think just like you said, obviously, if your child is under three months, that first, you know, temperature that you get is a fever, you should contact your doctor right away. Just because we know our little babies under three months old are, are higher risk for mm-hmm. bacterial infections. But, you know, if if they're older than that, you know, even if it's a six month old, a nine month old, it's so it's okay to let them have that fever and, and not panic at that first temperature reading that's above 100.4. Right. Um, and, you know, I think, again, emphasizing the parents, like even if it's the, you know, 105 at home, it's not, it's not a means to panic, drop everything and run to the ER as long as your kid is still well appearing. Right. Obviously, if with Tylenol and Motrin, they're they're still just looking very ill, you can't get them to either drink, then, then definitely bring them in. Like I said at the beginning, it's going to probably be a pretty long viral season. And mm-hmm. so if your kid hasn't had a fever yet this season, hopefully they won't, but most likely they will. Um, and so hopefully this will, will serve to kind of reassure y'all a little bit. So next we have all the other things we get asked about that these poor kids are, are dealing mm-hmm. with right now. The cough. The cough that won't go away, the congestion, yes. the runny nose, the sore throat. Um, so what are some of your favorite things you tell parents they can try to do to help their kids while they're um, dealing with all of these viral illnesses? Yes. So again, sort of like with fever, you know, I start off with saying, well, if your kid isn't super bothered by the cough, the congestion, they're going about their day, um, they're sleeping well, they're eating well. You don't necessarily have to do anything. Again, Mm -hmm. cough and congestion are the ways our bodies, you know, fight infection in their, Mm -hmm. in their different ways. And so if your kid's just kind of hanging out with a drippy nose, you could kind of let that go, you Mm -hmm. know, not that big of a deal. Um, The other thing I always remind parents, because we tend to see a lot of kiddos come in after they've been sick for a week or two is that, you know, cough and congestion typically can last somewhere between a week or two before the, we expect them to start getting better. And just mm-hmm. like with fever, it won't be a one day to the next. They'll be a hundred percent. The symptoms mm-hmm. will slowly go away. So yeah. cough will become less frequent. Congestion will become, you know, less concerning Their Their nose will stop dripping, you know, slowly. But, you know, when I have parents who are like, we really want something that will help our kiddos. I sort of default on kind of non, non over medication. So 
for the little ones, there isn't a ton you can do except supportive stuff at home. So mm -hmm. humidifier, nasal saline, sucking out their nose if they'll let you. Keep them comfortable with some Tylenol and Smotrin um, and all that sort of supportive stuff. Agave under, under 12 months and then honey over 12 months. Honey is one of those things that I always encourage parents to, to give their kids. It is very soothing in the throat. You know, it can help soothe that cough and that irritation. I tend to lean away from the other types of over-the-counter cold stuff like mm -hmm. Robitussin and such. Yeah, they're mm -hmm. not approved for under the age of six months, mm -hmm. of six years, I'm sorry, anyway. And so under the age of six, you really are just doing kind of supportive stuff. Mm -hmm. And there's actually been studies that look at comparing just like regular use of a teaspoon of honey compared to over-the-counter cough and cold medicines. And honey, honey mm -hmm. works better in these cases. Um, yes, because it's great. Lots of times, you know, these over-the-counter cough and cold medicines, they don't really work. They're shown to not be super effective for these little kids, and they come with side effects. So, right. you know, just doing the supportive care, honey, you know, nasal saline, all that stuff you talked about. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, for the older kids, so you have the teenagers who are coming in um, who are very bothered by their congestion. You know, in those ages, I would say an over-the-counter decongestant could be helpful but again I always remind them just like you said that these medications they're not a cure-all they're not mm -hmm. going to get rid of your symptoms they're going to make you feel more comfortable for the three four five hours they're effective so that you can then go about your day but your body still has to do what it's supposed to do which is fight this infection and clear it on its own again viruses last somewhere up to two weeks and so you just have to kind of trust that your body is doing what it's supposed to do. Well, and the other thing to be mindful of with a lot of these like over-the-counter cold medicines that some of our older patients will be taking is lots of times they can have Tylenol or ibuprofen in them. They're combination medicines. So we really need to be careful with that as well and patients be aware of that because if they're taking, you know, a Dayquil or something that also has Tylenol in it, and then trying to take Tylenol on top of that, they could be overdoing it on the Tylenol. So that's also something to remind patients of and be mindful of. Um, I think that's that's a great reminder. I, you know, I will tell parents and patients that the goal is reduction of symptoms. So rather mm -hmm. than using a combination medication that could have medicine that you don't need, right? You're not coughing. You don't need yeah. a cough suppressant. Is to pick the single medications that will treat whatever symptom you're trying to treat. So if you're mm -hmm. congested, a decongestant. If your throat hurts, you know, something for your throat. If you're coughing, something for cough. It might be a little bit more cumbersome, but you're not exposing your body to medications it doesn't need, to possible side effects. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, you know, this risk of overdosing on Tylenol and Motrin, which a lot of people, I think, don't realize is in those combo medications. Yeah. Anyway. The other thing I think is important is reminding families that as we move through respiratory season with all these viruses, antibiotics are not also not going to be helpful in these situations. Of course, if your child comes in and they have an ear infection from it or they have, you know, strep throat or something that's a bacterial infection, then antibiotics will be helpful. But antibiotics are unfortunately not going to help our viral illnesses that are just going to take time and supportive care. Um, to to resolve and, you know, giving our body time to fight them. I get asked often, is there anything prescription that we can mm -hmm. give kids for 
whatever run of the mill, you know, cough, cold, they're, mm-hmm. they're fighting. And, you know, I said, unfortunately, antibiotics are only for bacterial infections. Mm-hmm. This is most likely viral. There aren't antivirals really, except very select ones in very select situations, mm-hmm. you know, the most commonly requested being Tamiflu mm-hmm. or the flu. But, but even these antivirals have very strict when you can prescribe them and how they work type of thing. And, you know, like everything, and- they're not benign they have side effects yes they have side effects particularly tamiflu oh, yes it's terrible <laughs> i always warn patients you know the most common side effect of tamiflu is nausea and vomiting so if overall we're doing okay right not want to make you vomit and make you feel worse you know obviously right. if there's a patient that's high risk they have you know pretty severe asthma immunosuppressed certain things and i you know mm-hmm. favor doing tamiflu but just like you said these medications aren't benign either Um, I think one of the other important symptoms that I want to stress a little more is cough because overall with these viral infections, like you said, they usually resolve over one or two weeks, but some of these viruses we're seeing like RSV can cause prolonged cough. And I know that can be a big source of concern for parents too. And I'll, you know, although it overall will get better, sometimes it can last and linger even up to three weeks. Or what we see, which feels like it's prolonged cough or or congestion is because these kiddos are back in school and we have all these different viruses circulating is they finally are at the end of that, you know, like two weeks where they're finally feeling better from that cold virus they had. They have maybe two or three days they feel great and you're like, yes, all my kids are healthy. And then all of a sudden it starts again. Yes. And you worry like, oh, no, is something wrong? Do they have pneumonia? But most commonly what happens is they just picked up another cold because there's so many viruses going around right now. Right. Yes. This is, again, when I, you know, remind our families um, and myself that kids are sick once a month, roughly, right? Kids get sick. They're sick for a week or two. They're okay a handful of days. And then they get sick again. Mm -hmm. Um, That's just the nature of strengthening an immune system that hasn't been exposed to these things before you know adults get sick less because we've seen a lot of the stuff that's circulating and if we see it again it's a less intense reaction but yeah for our littles I mean yeah two two three weeks of coughing um is not out of the realm of normal you know sometimes depending on what it is that cough can linger for another few weeks after I typically say you know, cough can linger for one to two months as long as it's improving. That's just the nature of coughing. But again, like you said, like we're just sick all the time in the winter. Mm-hmm. Even adults, I think sometimes the concern is parents are like, we're we're not getting sick, and I'm like, well, you probably are. You probably are just it's shorter duration. Mm-hmm. You know, we we tend to brush off the the congestion and sore throat that we might have for a handful of days. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's probably the same thing your kids have. And if you have yeah. especially little kids in daycare who are, you know, in your face at home all the time and then in their friends' faces at school, like we're going to get sick too. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, parents' immune systems have encountered these viruses most likely before. So just like you said, they're not going to have either they may not get sick or they're just going to have a lot more mild illness. So, mm-hmm. um, well, what are some things that you tell parents, you know, we kind of already said it, it's hard when you have little kids that are just 
touching every surface, putting their hands in their mouths, swapping saliva with other children on the playground. <laughs> right. What are things you tell parents they can try to do to keep their kids healthy the best they can, though inevitably their children will get sick just as an mm-hmm. expectation, but certain things we can do. I mean, and that again is always the the question, like what can we do? And I think, you know, if we've learned anything these last couple years is the power of prevention. Mm-hmm. So all the, all the, tools we picked up during the last two years of, of this pandemic apply now and should apply forever, right? So washing your hands, making sure our kids are washing their hands when they come home, before they eat, trying to keep them as much as possible from touching their faces. You know, kids notoriously are going to wipe their noses with their hands, but maybe just trying to emphasize, you know, using a tissue, coughing mm-hmm. into the crook of our arm. Mm-hmm. Um, again, a lot of us, I think, have stopped masking. And yeah. I think we're, at least in our household, really strongly considering starting up again. Yeah. As not just for COVID, but we've learned that masks, you know, protect our community. They protect us. People are walking around with a lot of viruses. And if it's it's one extra layer. Um, and then just staying home when you're sick. Mm-hmm. Keeping kids home if you can from school and daycare if they're sick. So that we can sort of nip these spreads you know, in the bud mm. and then vaccinating, right? Yes. Getting, getting your flu shot, getting your COVID vaccines, um, getting other routine vaccines. Mm-hmm. If your kiddos, you know, haven't had a chance because we know that a lot of kids have fallen behind on routine checkups and vaccinations because of the pandemic, mm-hmm. um, encouraging your parents and grandparents and our older population to get their vaccines so that we can just try to keep not get as ill if we do get infected, not spread it as much, try to keep, you know, our, our community safe and healthy. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I would say our overall message to parents here is the viruses are back. We, you know, it is tough as a parent to see your kid get cold after cold. We totally feel you on that. We have been there as moms these past couple months, even with fever or cough, there's no need to panic. Um, it's okay to treat your kids supportively at home. Um, of course, if there's anything that's concerning to you, reach out to your pediatrician. But this too will pass. They'll, they'll, their immune systems will get stronger. All right. Well, any other message to parents through cold and flu season other than we wish you all well and um, we're thinking about you? <laughs> we are. Yes, we are definitely keeping everyone in mind. You know, our, our, my kids have been snotty <laughs> since the beginning of school. Yeah. And so I, I feel it. I feel it every time they come into, you know, someone comes into the office and says, my kid's been sick since August. Since what August. Yeah. Since that first week yep. of September. Yep. 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 <laughs> yep. And they just rotated among themselves. So yeah. we, we get it. And, you know, even like you said, if you are concerned, even if you've heard this whole, this whole podcast and you're like, you know what? I still want to see my pediatrician for fever. Please. We love to see our kiddos. We love to keep everyone healthy. We love to talk about these things with our patients and their parents. And so never hesitate to call your pediatrician for whatever's on your mind. Um, but just be reassured, you know, that that most likely this is not anything other than, you know, winter viruses. And, you know, like like Laura said, this will pass. Yes. We will get through this together. (laughs) Right. All right, Elena. Well, thanks for talking to me today. Yes. Thanks. Thanks again. Always fun. Uh
Thanks for joining us today. Remember that you can find us on Instagram at YFNPEDS. Please feel free to leave us a message if there are any topics that you would like us to discuss. See you next time.